You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If it's Erev Shabbos Kodesh, this must be Rizpo Daraisa. Well, I'm here with Rabbi Yosef Kafriol Bechov because we have this week and next week, and the week after that is going to be Tishim of Rabbi Yosef. It shouldn't be, but right now it's supposed to be. Yes, so, as in the Tarei uh I guess to talk about something that is Negea, the Cheshek Ferenc Yisrael, the desire for the uh, the, the restoration of Binyan Abayis, um, in that spirit, uh, you have sent me this week a, a, a note here on a on, from the Sefer of Schwab on Chumash. Now, Rav Shimon Schwab Sefer, Mayim Beis Shoeva, became a bestseller. Uh, I think it was, I think it was an Art Scroll publication originally. Yes, I think it became a very standard, uh, um, very standard by Mr. Gif, because right. it's, 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 it's a decent one volume, and it looks good, right? Uh, yeah. I think I think my son, uh, who's now f- turning forty, got it as a as a bar mitzvah. So almost. So, I know so. all my kids got at least one for their bar mitzvah. Some too. Yeah. So it's really and, and, and and I I, I know I, I guess it's been translated, but there's some other book called Rav Schwab on Chumash, and uh, in last week's parsha on the pasuk Vayitzomed Yisrael Bal Paor, they found I, I suppose uh, the in Rav Schwab's own Chumash. He wrote, I guess he wrote it in English. I don't know, but it says here, Baalpur is related to the matter of the restriction against adding mitzvahs because the very desire to denigrate idolatry and to shame it in a way that's not been commanded by the Torah brings to avoid Zorah. And this was the sin of Baalpur. Meaning, let me just step out of character for a second. So in other words, Rav Schwab is really dealing with the Pell of Balpaor in a way, and I think in somewhat of an inventive way, which is we know that it, basically the, the Oivdim would defecate on this Avedizoro, and you would think that defecation is obviously not a way that could be seen to extol it and to adore it. Humanity universally sees defecation as something shameful and something that you would, would hate to do on anything that you love, so therefore, Rav Schwab says that the uh, what happens with Baal Paor is is that it's actually was was, was generating the Avodah Zorah was really a desire to be Mavaza Avodah Zorah, and but the, there is no mitzvah to defecate on Avodah Zorah. The mitzvah is to destroy it, to uproot it. That there shouldn't be any zecher of it, but to actually do this graphic. Ugly act to it, even though it seems to be some. The intention seems to be somewhat positive. That always can lead to avodah When and then he goes on and he says, people inherently possess a yitzarah to invent new mitzvahs. Like, can I, uh, can I um, uh, um, interject here? Sure, that uh, I don't think that's necessarily true. By the way, I think that there is a mitzvah. There seems to be an Indian Dafta Mimisloitzates from Avoidazora. Now Rabbi Schwab can tell that that means verbal abuse, not uh, a physical degradation, but that's a very big chiddush on his part. 
Yeah, I, I think what, what what's bothering him is is like the elephant in the room that nobody would like. Who would ever do that? Who who would actually engage in the Balpor Act? And how could it be Vayitzomed Yisrael Balpor? It sounds it sounds so insane. It's like Caligula. It's like how could that even happen? Like here's Klal Yisrael. Somehow this is what they're connected to. Like to, don't they have any shame? So I, I, I think this is what he's trying to be matzik, if not Klal Yisrael. I mean, maybe perhaps even uh, the original, the, the, the people who originated Baal Pa'or as, as a movement, but as he says, that that's a new mitzvah. And that's not, that's, that's, and even though it's, you would think it's a mitzvah that, is, that they're trying to destroy the Avodah Zarah, to completely uh, see it in the least poss- possible light, it actually leads you to the very thing that you were trying to push away. And that's why, coming back to Rav Schwab's supposed words, that people inherently possessing the are to invent new mitzvahs that are contrary to the Torah, inherently. But again, um, you mask him with me that this lab, you could touch it up as part of late Zorah. Yeah, look I, w- look, I want to tell you what I would say to Rav Schwab, if I could, that the, in the ancient world, there was a certain bacchanalian glory and defecation. And it was somehow, just like we, anybody that remembers the weirdness of the 60s, remembers that, oh, I guess, yeah, you know. And, and that's really part of the strange, terrible world, the paganistic world that we left behind. I think he looks at it, uh, it, it you know, in, in the uh, you know, sophisticated, aristocratic, um, prudish, uh, glasses of today, and therefore, oh, how could it be? Oh, it you, must... can, you, you can say Yekish. <laughs> yeah, but he wasn't. I guess I don't know if he was a real Yek or not. But no, okay. he was. He was. He was a fake Yek. But you know. But that's so. Therefore, may, how could it be? So it must be that really it's about being mavazit. But when you're mavazit and you do something connected, what the, and you elevate something which is not really there, you become so connected to doing that, that that itself becomes the Avodah Zarah. Now, it's not that they started believing in the Pa'or, but I guess the, the Simcha of doing it in this non-Torah way becomes the Avodah Zarah. I think I'm reading Rav Schwab correctly, which again, to me, again, at least he's being inventive about it. But then he says that Moshe Rabbeinu was buried in Harnavo, the Mubal Pa'or, to atone for the sin of Klal Yisrael's, which was an expression of that, this Yetzirah. This Yetzar for mitzvahs can destroy the whole Torah. Such a Yetzar is the force behind every Mashiach Sheker. The Mapilim of the Torah wished to force their way into Eretz Yisrael, held that the mitzvah of settling Eretz Yisrael was greater than listening to Hashem, because of course they were told not to do it and they did it anyway. And therefore, Mapilim and Sionim, they're all being fused together here. And then he gets to the point that the sparks uh, Rabbi Yosef Gavriel's ire. This is again Rabbi Schwab writing on the side of his Chumash. Not sure exactly he was writing it in English or what. Anyway, the Balfour Declaration of 1970 established the right of Jews to return to the Holy Land. Some Zionists took this as an impetus to create new mitzvahs. Okay, that's not exactly true, but... The, the, yeah, the Zionists, let's get that clear, right? The Zionists, the secular <laughs> Zionists, we're not creating new mitzvahs. They didn't care about mitzvahs. Right? But it's true. The fervor that they brought to it was similar to the... No, but I think, I think the Rabbi Schwab means to shtach religious Zionists. 
Yeah. Rabbi Schwab had an implacable detestation, in, to the best of my understanding, for religious Zionists. Yes, oh, yeah. I, I agree with you. But some Zionists took this as an impetus to create new mitzvahs. That is the settling of Eretz Yisrael above all other mitzvahs. They did this despite Chazal's warning of, again, of course, the famous Gemara and Ksuvis of the Shleishishvuis, don't rebel against the nations of the world, trying to force the hand of Mashiach. So you're right, it's clearly against the, uh, the religious Zionists, uh, including Ratzirash Kawasher and others who aren't even Zionists, who are the Chayv uh, Beitzion, and maybe even... Well, just about everybody else who did not hold the Shlosh Vuh applied, including the Chavetz Chaim and the Yor Sameach, who held that the Balfour Declaration was Adarabba, who was Shus from the Umar Zayim. Right, yeah. Similar to what Shol Yisraeli uh, argued about the 1947 uh, proposition of the, uh, the new United Nations. But anyway, um, and the Rav amused, is there any lesson to be learned from the similarity of the words Baal Paor and Baal Thor, or Baal Thor. I am sure that many will have comments on this last sentence above. This was what someone sent to you. Um, this is on that Voda email list. Okay, the Voda email list. All right. So, um, and you can read my response. I have to read it like you then. Okay, here we go. I, I can't believe they actually published such drivel. My respect for Rabbi Schwab reaches a new nadir. The only limitzchus is that he was being facetious. But evidently, his publishers, who must share the onus of my disrespect, <laughs> they're quaking in their boots for this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hope it's not fell time because they, <laughs> because they published the contemporary Arab as well. That's the other I think. I might have to find a new publisher. <laughs> That Rabbi said does not. I did not write that. <laughs> didn't didn't think so. Oh, how sad for you, Okay, so this is uh, where we're starting. Maybe we should just end there because I think that's a funny enough place to end. Okay, yeah. Look, um, I don't have. No, the- no, I'm not Michael. I'm not Michael. This is the type of thing which, for the rest of my life. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Once you never think, if you never thought of Balfour and Balpar as connected in any way, shape, or form, once you see Rabbi Schwab's voice, you can never forget it again. Anytime you think about Balfour. The following is, it sounds like in the margin of his Chomish, he wrote as follows. And then some, I don't know, later he was musing to people who saw what he had written. I don't know the Shishtauschelis Advarimir. But again, as you said, the, there's no reason to publish this. It's 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 Magdil Sinna for sure. Um, and secondly, it's you know, it's 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 really guilty of a conflation that you know it's as ugly as the defecation on the Balpar itself. To tell you the truth, right? It's quite a like you said. You don't want to unsee it. You can't. You'd like to unsee it, but you know it's it's. But he does have a point of people elevating mitzvahs to a status uh, where one mitzvah becomes uh, so great that all the other ones have to take a total backseat and might even be violated for the sake of this other larger mitzvah. But we've heard this about um, uh, uh, so often uh, criticism on Mizrahi. 
Um, and uh, again, it's obviously, is there, is, is, is there some truth to it? Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, there, there, and and when, especially when people become extremely, uh, on the Zionistic side, extremely, uh, I guess, defensive and emotional about it, uh, how they, how they, especially they. Right. So I want to, I want to follow up a little bit on, you know, just the emails, which I exchanged with this fellow who published this piece on Avoda. So I, I, he wrote back to me, I am shocked at your lack of respect and for and your negative words about Rabbi Rab Schwab, who is considered by everyone I know to have been an outstanding time at Chochem and wonderful Rav. And then he sent me a whole bunch of links, you know, for, as if I really need to read all these links. And then he uh, wrote to me, I really need to apologize. Uh, he also sent me an article that he himself wrote, and then I wrote uh, about, my mind is made up, do not confuse me with the facts. Um, and then, uh, so I said, I didn't see You're quoting note. yourself now. You're quoting yourself. No, no, that is something he wrote. Oh, he wrote. His mind. He wrote an essay called My This fellow who put this in Avoda, he wrote an essay on, we published, called My Mind's Made Up, Please Don't Confuse the Facts. And he thought when I would read that, I would do a tremendous mea culpa and realize how uh, wrong I'd been. And that didn't work out for him very well because I didn't actually do that. And then he said to me uh, afterwards... People start up with you always live to regret it. That's yeah. I said, he wrote to Don't me. Don't start and that, up with this guy. And he said to me, and that is your problem. You seem to have some vendetta against Rav Schwab that completely clouds your judgment regarding him. To which I responded, and this is the last thing in the conversation. I, oh, I'm just going to say that you do have vendettas of some sorts. I do. Well, uh, I, again, and we've talked about Rabbonim that I have a connection to that you are... You know, it's hard for you to. Yeah, hear. he has long white beards. Yes, I know. Yeah, um, it's very hard for you to ever dover to once you've made. Even dead against Rabbi Schwab, it was a great time to him and Sadik. However, he simply did not believe in term derecheretz, and he had a strong re- aversion to religious Zionists, even sincere ones who were possessed of strong Yerushalmim. These positions of his are not conjecture and not vendetta based. That he would express one of these positions in such a loathsome manner is jarring. But I thank you for informing me of my problem. Call to YGB. Okay, YGB. Well, let, let's let, let me let AYK uh, respond a little bit here. The point does that mean? And again, I think the onus really is not everything a person says uh, needs to be written down, and everything that a person writes there obviously is not supposed to be printed. We have okay. I want to interject again. Rav Schwab actually writes. The, this point you make in his, fan, his piece, which Mark Shapiro quotes in Toromato Journal and wherever else, in which uh, he, where he, where he says that uh, there's a clash between being a historian and being a from Jew. He says that to Rabbi Schwab actually wrote that we don't believe in biographies. We only, be, we only believe in hagiographies. And therefore, we don't actually believe in publishing everything there is to say about a person, right? Yeah, I, and, and, and everything I've heard about Rabbi Schwab. Uh, testifies to his stellar midos. I love again the the first thing I ever read from the Schwab was these and those, which is to me still, despite its uh, brief uh, amount of pages, a real masterful, wonderful introduction to Torah Derecheretz and the, the the Shitas, and really I think a respectful recipe of how good debate. Can proceed. I'm not saying it's the deepest book, but he does he does a very good job. Not like your usual vikuach 
Chosid and Rebbe or whatever it is, these Vikuchim that you knew were one-sided. He does a pretty good job marshalling uh, the anti-forces for the Hersheyan approach. Uh, you got to admit, it's, it's, it's a very nice articles and, 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 uh, that he might have contributed in the area of Halacha. But everything I've heard from him, from Talmidah Chachomim, who are Mishamashim, talk about his incredible honesty, uh, his anivus, and really a, a, a level, as you said, is a, a level of tzitkus, really, about the way he acted among people. But now here's the point, though. There are very good things in Mayim Beisosheva. It's a good, there's good different you can get from there, good questions. The answers aren't always great, but there's good questions, good points, good thinking. Like every, but are we supposed to collect every piece of marginalia that we can find that some Choshava Rav or Tamachacham wrote and then hurry it to the uh, printer and print it as, oh, look what I found. Now, this has been a question for a long time. Now, if, if I would say Rav Kivager, boy, I found some notes Rav Kivager wrote in, in some notebook or something he wrote on a train somewhere and he left with the rabbi of that city and it's really a, an interesting uh, tshuva or daher in a, a, in a piece of agadata. Oh, okay, print it. And, and, and that's what everyone did with Rav Kivager. Ricky Vega, every single thing they could find, and they continued printing it, every single thing they could possibly find. And, and the reason was, was because they were dealing with the quality of a mind that was impeccable. And it was clear that even the little pieces on the, for example, in the Derech Achayim Siddur, that his inferior, Rav Shleim right? The, the, the safer that, uh, that Rav Yaakov Leiberbaum and others put together, he wrote to Aris on, 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 on Rav Yaakov Leiberbaum's Piskei uh, 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 Alochais, And even though that safer is somewhat beneath Ricky Vega, no, it's worth seeing everything the man wrote. I, I think, however, that we need to have discretion. I heard from cousins of the Adaris, for example. I love the Adaris. He's one of my favorite, favorite people. Just the way he learns, the way he thinks. I'll, I'll buy an Adaris safer even if I have no money in my bank account, I'll borrow money to buy it. But I heard from the Adaris's cousins, the, the Taitzes and others, that they were somewhat embarrassed by the piece, the, the safer that came out on Chumash, uh, which was also like uh, notebooks that they found. Uh, they felt that they felt that it was play game in the in, in the power and the glory of who the Adaris was. And I was thinking about that. Again, historians and and and, and researchers and people who love. The Mechabrim say, publish everything they have. Everything they have is going to be great. And, and I think we, we need to have COVID for the Mechabr. This was something that I think obviously did not give him any COVID. And uh, I don't know I don't know the rest of the book, but I, I think this is a shtickle Makas Medina. Um, let's talk about Rav Chaim Kanievsky, as well. Um, is, is, is every single thing that he responded to to every single person and every single um, uh, um, post? No, of course not. Should, should they be printed? I just I wrote my article on Jewish Action, uh, which is not forthcoming appreciation, Reb Chaim, that, um, you know, it's funny that whenever people ask a question and the answer is Yitachin, they publish that. <laughs> now, Yitachin, 
from a logic perspective, to answer you talking has absolutely no value, right? So, but people published it because they felt, oh, yeah, yeah, they vote from Reb Chaim. It's, I, I get, either felt it's worth publishing the Shmuel, they felt it's worth because they're, it's going to, you know, it's going to uh, generate sales. Uh, but uh, uh, Chaim was doing it Chesed. He was saying to somebody, okay, you know, I hear what you're saying, keep talking. And, but they, they went and published it. And, and even in his lifetime, as you said, there was a cottage industry of various farms, Sheva Sarav or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, were that, and, I'm not, and, and the Machabrim who worked on it were decent Amir Chachamim, who, who, Baruch Hashem, were able to be ma'atir, their safer with the Gushpank Rechaim, and that's how they made Parnosa. And I, Rechaim, as much as he was Mufka, understood that's what was going on. And he understood that, okay. And yeah. he knew enough from the Gilyoinis that this Machaber will probably benefit. And he was willing to help him out by sending right. him, send his stuff back. But now that he is in Oil Memes and Masitza the idea of being Malak at every single thing and publishing it as a safer, in a way, is it, it takes away from the, the glory yeah. of yeah. Rechaim. And we need, in a way, gatekeepers to to recognize this. Look, let's even talk about what Tendler did, what Mutti Tendler wrote, the Messiah's Mission. Okay? So I'm scared. I don't know about it. So you know okay, you should know about it. So it's basically Mutti I should, Tenler. I know. Okay, Rev Mordechai Tendler and a group of other editors. Uh, it was mostly Mordechai Tenler, Zakrainus and other things about things that Moshe said, he, things that that he had had that Moshe had written down and other things. It's a very uh Gishmaka book to look at, but it, it, it's not in the same, uh, it doesn't have the same seriousness and discipline as the Igris Malaysia, but yet it's going to join, okay, here's some more stuff from Ramesha. Um Look, I, I, obviously, as I said, with Ricky Vager, you would want, <laughs> you, you would hate the person who hid that little letter from Ricky Vager and never let it get published. You would say, oh, you were Monea Bar from Claudius Rome. On the other hand, sometimes you got to know. And, and, and uh, like you say, whether it's Feldheim, whatever, this is the type of thing that even though the Vart, and I, again, I, I think you, me, you and I are disagreeing a little bit about is it a good Daher in Balpur or not? I, I, I see what he's struggling with. But the, that Hisafa, in a way, is really the one that hurts. It hurt, First of all, it's, it puts it, him in a bad light. It's really. Yeah. Right, it's it, 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 it's it's nodish. Uh, again, but as you said, he was a person who felt that religious Zionism was a threat, much even greater than secular Zionism. Right. Also, because there was this Nakuda, you know, the the the, the biggest signing for not I don't know, biggest the biggest signing of Yeshiva University were the broadest community because so they had to they had to make sure that the similarities, you know, didn't override the distinction that they despite felt. The fact, despite the fact that they were in proximity physically and they both believed yes. in, in getting a parnosa and going to work. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I'm not going to psychoanalyze it. All, all I'll say, I, I do believe what you said before has a little more merit, which is that in the eyes of uh, the Yekis and, and others, um, the Mizrahists were a worse uh, problem because because they had the koach to be Moshech, so many of Klal Yisrael along with them. 
If they would have done a better job, perhaps there would have been more of Maftalniks and more Dati Luminiks. And, 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 and because they had seemingly uh, the, the, the well, in, in, let, let's go a little bit historical here. In other words, in, in Germany itself, the the religious Zionists, of which there were a significant number, were associated with the Grossgemeinde, with the you know the larger Kihilos, and not with the Auschwitzgemeinde, which of course was associated with Agura. So this is a fight which went back um, to before, well before the war, um, and uh, after the war, one could. Okay, one that's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. That it isn't just it isn't just uh, philosophically vis-a-vis uh, Zionism or vis-a-vis Avaser Tzitzit. It goes back to the fact that what is the kahila, what is the religious kahila within Germany, and right. um, that, yeah, that's an interesting factor that you're tying into. Still, it's still you are saying that that colors Rav Schwab's whole look at people who would perhaps pursue. The Rabrinus type of uh, agenda about Avicerit Israel and working together with the country and or whatever. But I wanted there on one other thing about Rav Schwab and religious Zionism, which which irks me no end, um, and um, again uh, reflects what his actual perspective is on both religious Zionism and on uh, term Der Heretz, is that uh, there's a the the Rabbi Schwab told grandchildren I can say who I heard from heard from his grandchildren. That in Torah, their heretz only applies in Chutzlaretz. If you go to Eretz Yisrael, you have to live Altaras Kodesh. You can't get, uh, you can't uh, be involved in Parnosa, can't be involved in secular pursuits. You have to be involved in Kula Kodesh, which is the ex- exact antithesis of the Chasim Soifer. Chasim Soifer said in uh, it's a famous piece in Sukkot, Torah their heretz doesn't apply in Eretz Yisrael. Torah their heretz Dafka applies. So um, I, this is um, part and parcel of the the, the a, a, a rejection of Rabbi Schwab of that of both them derechets and the idea of the right and look we should look I I think getting back to the thing I started with today it could be this is Rabbi Schwab's internal um, uh, making peace with the two parts of himself because of course he comes from uh, from the strand of Torah only, and he could see that that would be Shaykh even in himself, had he lived in Eretz Yisrael. But, he, in, in, in it, but, but living as he does in Golis, and being a leader in Golis, he felt that he had become a complete and total convert to Terim Derech Eretz. Um, so, again, I, I, I think uh, apologies are probably too late if it's already printed in the book. Um, and I think the fault lines Unfortunately, when someone, let's say a person who is uh, a, a member of Mizrahi, a nice firm fellow, keep a Rugen, if whatever, uh, finds this book on a coffee table somewhere, and he sees this, um, it, it will generate uh, an unfortunate yeah. Yes, absolutely, yes. Divisiveness and detestation. Appropriate for these three. Yeshiva. Ah, okay. And I was there listening. And Rav David Zuckel, the Rosh Koyo of the Chicago Lakewood community. Koyo. Yeah, there's a picture of a picture of Rabbi Francis, I think in Mishpacha, last week or two weeks ago. My daughter gets it here um, when she's here for the summer. Boy, they got old. I guess we're getting old too. 
you know, if, if we would show the video of this, everybody would know it, but the, yeah. all they're hearing is our very strident, youthful audio voices. But anyway, right, exactly. here's, the, here's the point. Uh, Rav David Zuckel um, said that he, was, he either was there or he knows from the person who was there. And when they brought Rav Schwab, the, uh, the Sefer that he had written, it might have been Iyun Tfilo or it might have been Mindbaser Shreva that he saw on the dust jacket that it said he was a Dayan in the community. He saw that it said he was a Dayan. He, 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 he went into a paroxysm of, 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 of anger. He says, how could this be? He says, it's just a Sheker. He says, my whole life I worked on Emmis. My whole life I worked on it. And here there's a sheker about me. And he took the book. And I don't know if he was shvach. He started biting it with his mouth. He started taking it to rip it out. He says, this can't be. And he was so upset by this that their sheker should be printed about him. That he, 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 he I got to bite this out. And here he was, and you know, these yekas are around him. And he's, he's with his teeth, he's biting it out. And, they, and he, he made so sure. So not yekas, you should have taken a kitchen knife or something. <laughs> so he made sure that it, it went back to the publisher and they took that out. They took that line out. They, they Whatever the cost was, from Schwab says, it's got to happen. There should be such a, a sheker. You can see that he was very mockbit about what goes out, right? <laughs> uh, I would hope that if Rav Schwab himself, again, I, I'm Donnie Gamukovskos, that the midas that he had, and, and I, the way I understand, he was a very gehoibin mensch in his midas and their adherence towards people, that he would not want to be poigeya. He was passionate about what he believed in, um, but to, as we all know, to take that one extra step you and I both know that we have to sometimes resist taking that one extra Balfour, Balfour step because <laughs> that's unfortunately where our messaging from that point on will never be accepted. We hope that people will be able to come back to our Schwab and, and, and take from them all the Bar Mitzvah boys to come and beyond. Many of the Dvarim Tavim and and and, and scintillate, I wouldn't call them scintillating, but clearly insightful and interesting, and something to really. One of them is the Iyunatzfila, which I think is at least a, a, a very accessible uh, way to be machazik your tefillas during this time. That we want to look at our tefillas. He does again. Most of the diukim are very oiskar, but they're nice. It's a vart. You can disagree, but he gets. He brought, a, I think, a very strong mind. And a very wonderful one. So, again, Chachamim, and uh, printers, look, there's plenty of wonderful things out there. Um, <laughs> the options are, are legion. Don't be, be careful about what, what it is that gets out there, whether it's in your podcast or definitely in your book, because that's going to get everywhere. For uh, keeping black kosher in America, even though, as Rev. Breuer was famous for saying, Besser glat yausher, als glat kausher, but they are mocked on both glat yausher and glat kausher. And therefore, we owe Schwab and his contingent in the Heights uh, the, the, the powerful impetus that they brought 
to the Kbeda on quality glat kosher provisions. And as you know, there is really no finer way to get the tachos akashras and the tachos atam than to take advantage of the A&H quality products. Those products from the uh, from the sausages that are multi-flavored to the standard hot dog, to the corned beef, the pastrami, the beef fry, um, the pastrami plates and others that you can get at, 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 at better delis around the country do indeed uh, will enhance your mind, especially as in the, as we enter Parshas Pinchas and Chutzlaretz, to be a kanoi for that, that kanoi for my company. There is really, as I say, it is it is out there by far and away the best on the market. Enjoy yourself. Be well, my friends. Take care. See you next week. We shall hopefully see you soon. As and remember, we're waiting for all those cards and letters, all those comments because our last program is going to be uh, responding to you. You guys are going to set the agenda. Take care, my friends. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.